Yeah, science is dope, though. La 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 la. La 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 la. Hello. <laughs> is it me you're looking for? for? I can see, I can it, see in it in your eyes. I can see it in your <laughs> smile. And I know. Hello, friends. And enemies. This is I Love It Here, I Hate It Here. I am Steven, joined by my always robust coworker Connor. I love that you intro me with like a different random adjective every time. I'm very much on board with it. So today's episode, of course, will follow the guidelines of every I Love It Here, I Hate It Here podcast. We'll get into the batch cap. We'll get into some musings. We'll get into the I Love It Here, I Hate It Here. And we will get into the mailbag. So sit tight, strap yourself in, um, get a water, you know, always hydrate. And here we go. Connor, as always forced myself to watch The Bachelorette. And I know you don't watch it, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on the most recent episode. So there's a few things that uh, happened in the most recent episode that I, of course, did not watch. The elimination, bit of a shocker. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, no, there was there were some big moments from, from guys like Riley, uh, Zach. You know, some of these guys who we didn't really know much about going into this episode. We finally got to see some, some more sides of them. Uh, so that was great. Zach's life story was kind of nuts. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where I went from knowing pretty much nothing about this guy to knowing a ton about him within like maybe five sentences. Yeah, brain so tumor. So shouts like, out to Zach. Yeah. Brain tumor at the age of, what was it, 23, married, yep. divorced already. And uh, it, then the addiction comes into play and you figure out like, oh, that's, you know, his title is addiction specialist and it kind of, he put some pieces together. So yeah, big episode for him. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool to hear him go through, you know, like the trials and tribulations that people go through. And I think that being that raw about what he went through, I think Taysha obviously appreciates genuinity, honesty. Yeah, 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 genuinity. Love it. He was very genuine. And I think that goes a long way, not in life, but in this show specifically. And I think that, uh, you know, I've been saying it since I watched my first episode. Brendan is far and away my number one pick. You know, they were doing the self-portrait thing, and Brendan kind that of... That thing was a little... Okay, it was creative. I'll give him that, but I feel like it was low effort. That's exactly something I would do. <laughs> I feel like he... I So I think he and my you know my guy, Ben, my boy, my boy, Ben, I think both of them did, like, low effort, but yeah. I think they both did really well, I guess, in the end, because it seems like Taisha had a good reaction to both of them. So I, had, I have some things to say about Ben. Okay, hit you me know, with it. You know, because Ben... He goes after, I think he's, don't you, don't you dare, <laughs> don't you go after my Ben. I think that Ben, no, no, these are good things. Okay. Ben, right, went sure. in, ben went into the self-portrait and he was hesitant because he was following, Brendan had a good one, Riley had a good one. These are all like creative things that they are doing. Ivan, again. Yeah, Ivan with the puzzle piece was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. then you have Ben who is just kind of. Like, he's in the the off-camera interview thing, and he's, like, talking about how he has no confidence and he doesn't know what he's going to do and all this stuff. And so he has, like, his painting, and we don't even really get to see his painting as the audience. He kind of, like, holds it up and puts it down and says, I'll bury it back. This dude comes back, full robe, nothing on. Ben is literally balling out for this woman. <laughs> okay? Ben he is, he's letting it all hang he's out. He's letting it all hang out, and he yeah. nails it. I mean, he talked about not having confidence, and you got to have some sort of confidence to do that. I have another note because I actually took notes. Um, I said Bennett just sucks a bit because he was really showing how in, like immature he is, but coming off I, as like this condescending, mature person. I gotta say something. I know a couple episodes ago, maybe it was last episode, but I said, you know, the more I see you, Bennett, the more I like him. Uh, that's quickly taken a turn. Yeah. Uh, he did the- nothing likable in this episode. You know, when he he uh, had a two on one with Tasha and know what to kind of resolve their differences and he brought a gift like a showing like a, a gift for noah just like you know squash the beef and it ended up being just very condescending uh it had no what did you say earlier genuinity yeah uh, nothing nothing about it was genuine so no. not a sucks. fan of bennett i think i think bennett uh and or noah should is gonna go well yeah, they're gonna have to but i think both of them are gonna go within the yeah. next week or two I think Bennett just sucks, dude. He, there was nothing admirable about what he did. The first gift was like the bandana, and he was kind of like, 
we talked about ranching and stuff. I was like, okay, maybe he's being real. But then he brought out the book of like the four um, social intelligence or whatever, emotional intelligence. And he's like, you're deficient in three of the four. And I'm like, dang, dude. And then I have another note on here about Ben again and how Ben had like the one-on-one with Taisha after the painting and they're on the couch. And Ben was kind of talking about his eating disorder that he had and how he found that he like puts these walls up when he's talking with people. And maybe that's because of how he was raised and things like that. And I I totally related with that 1 million percent because um, the more you build up your walls, like the less you have to reveal of yourself and the less you reveal of yourself, the less opportunity there is for somebody to like hurt you or do some sort of like painful thing that you have to endure, whether it's heartbreak or anything like that. So there he is, you know, opening up and it was very admirable. And he's literally just standing there cupping his little bends. And then later on, he's talking about how he has this eating disorder for 10 years bulimia. And it kind of just makes it all the more significant that he presented himself in the nude tour because as somebody who had an eating disorder, he said something along the lines of like, women don't want somebody who's fat. So he would work out all the time, eat super healthy all the time. And that's kind of where his bulimia developed. And I think that like body positivity and all that stuff, the how he goes from being somebody suffering from an eating disorder to like being naked on national television for people. I think that shows a lot of growth as he progresses through like the disease that he's fighting. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm sure if you asked him 10 years ago, if he would go on national TV and just be naked in front of somebody and other people like judgment free, he'd probably think that you're freaking crazy. Right. Right. But if you told him that you get to go on national TV and you get to uh, date or go on dates and kiss a woman and compete for her love, with roughly 20 other handsome looking guys, <laughs> um, he would not call you crazy because that's a thing he's actually doing. I do have something else on here. I said, weird they all openly talk about dating the same person. Because it is kind of weird. Like they have, the, yeah. they have the scenes where they're in the house and they're just like, yeah, I think we're really connecting well. I think I blah, 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 I have feelings for her, blah, blah, blah. And the other guys are like, yeah, totally, dude, me too. And it's like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> can't relate to that. It's kind of an inevitable awkwardness about this whole affair this whole situation so it's strange for sure but uh, you know they've been doing it for like like 30 seasons now so i thought you and i could do something new for the batch cap and each give one person we thought won or like really outperformed this week and and one person we thought slacked or lost and my my one caveat with the loss is it can't be somebody who actually gets eliminated so otherwise we would talk about easy who i i i thought he was a a like a front runner, I had high hopes for him. Definitely, dude. I he liked was... him a lot. Yeah. Uh, it seems like everybody else in the house, and I thought Taisha liked him too, but I think he just had one. Whoever set up those dates, the producers, he had the weakest one-on-one <laughs> date of the entire show. The Haunted House thing in the La Quinta. <sighs> Who's going to make it work, right? We also got to say that Chris Harrison left the show to go take his kid to college. Whoa, bro. Okay, just leave your career, Chris right. Harrison. Go back and be Chris Hansen, okay? <laughs> um, Maybe that's what he was doing. He was doing To Catch a Predator. It was like his, <laughs> side, his side gig. I do, um, have, I do have my win and loss. Do you have yours? I, I do. So I want to hear yours first. Okay, so my winner is Ben. Yes! I'm, I'm fully yes! on the Ben train now. Ben is... Because it's hard to see a lot of him because, like she was saying in the previous episodes, he didn't step up. So we don't really know like a lot about him. But he's been doing that now. Ever yeah. since she's like, Ben, the date's over. Like when she kind of you know, told him you should have stepped up. He's been doing it every time. Yeah, and he's doing really well. So he's my winner. I think my loser is Bennett because Bennett sucks and he has to go home next episode. <laughs> you know what? I, I wouldn't, I'm nearly mirroring exactly what you say, except for I might, I might put Riley in there as the winner because I had no, no, like no read on him. Honestly, I don't know if I didn't see like any real emotion between him and Tasha. Yeah, I agree. But this episode, you know, he had the painting. He talked about his mother. So my my win goes to Riley. I'm still Team Ben, but my <laughs> win for the week goes to Riley. And my yeah, Bennett's got to take that out. He's yeah. he's not gonna be in the next episode. No, like he she was like, I think my integrity is being questioned. And Bennett's like, I, I don't think I, I don't think I was doing that at all. Yeah, he's. And I was he's like, done. that's when you knew he was going home because she was not having that. So that's our batch cap. I think that um, I'm still voting Brendan as the winner. I'm still Team Ben. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out next week on the batch chat. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) So, Stephen, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, but you said you were going to listen to the Taylor Swift album. 
uh, folklore. What did you think of it? Holy folk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I listened to it all the way through, uh, having never listened to anything other than like teardrops on my guitar and whatever other radio songs that she has had that are popular at the moment. I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I thought. Kind of similar to Miley Cyrus. I was kind of blown away by how good it was. Are, so have you made how many Twitter accounts have you made that are just liking and retweeting and posting Taylor Swift stuff? Yeah, I met about 14 now. Uh, I was going to do 15, but one mm. of my emails actually got banned. Oh, OK. What was that email called? I, I can't say that I'm <laughs> on air. <laughs> but no, dude, it was really good. It has like a, it's not her. It's not what I thought. Like I was expecting pop music, which I guess you could classify this as pop. But it was good. Like the first song was fantastic. Song number seven is actually titled Seven, which was really good. Uh, Betty, which is probably one of the more popular ones because she drops the F-bomb in it and she doesn't really usually do that typically. And that was a good song. So I really enjoyed it. I even added a few of these songs to my uh, I added a few of the songs to my playlist. So where does. OK, so the only song I know from the album, I think, is Exile. Where does that rank within this album? Top five. And there's 16 songs. So Exile's top five with Bony Bear. Have you listened to Folklore? No, I haven't. I've only heard Exile. That's the only song I've heard from it. All right. So Folklore is very good. And like I said last time, like I'm branching out with my musical listenings. So I've listened to like Miley Cyrus last weekend, Taylor Swift this weekend. So you've discovered white women. <laughs> yeah, precisely. But I used to like shame them or I used to be like, no, I don't want to listen to them because they suck or they're bad, blah, 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 blah. And, like I didn't appreciate musical talent for what it was. So like with Taylor Swift, you know, I gave her a shot and I liked it a lot. Miley Cyrus gave it a shot. I liked it a lot. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with my musical leaning. So if anyone has any musical recommendations, I'm down to listen to whatever. No matter the genre, uh, country is not really anything I want to get into, but I am willing to uh, bite the bullet for the better cause of the podcast. Speaking of genre, and I think we might discuss this later, but I got my Spotify wrapped and apparently there's more than 455 genres, which yeah, is pounding. Blew my mind. Uh, it's nuts. We can get into that later. Uh, I'd probably give it like a 9 out of 10 stars. This first ad is brought to you by Stormtrooper Accuracy. They literally, and I mean literally, could not hit the broadside of a barn. Even if they tried, even if they slowed down their breath, focused, held the gun very steadily, and pulled the trigger, they would still be 5 million meters off. I don't know. I love the Star Wars universe, but it's kind of hard to think that they are a threat when they literally cannot hit anything. Today's version of the Love It Here, Hate It Here is going to be a little toned down. Connor and I are both going to do two separate Love It Here, Hate It Here's solely because we have a special guest joining us for one of our mailbag questions, and that could escalate things. So in order to not make this episode super long, we are just going to only do two Love It Here, Hate It Here's. So I hope that that is okay by the fans' standards. I promise it'll be worth it. So to begin things, I'm going to go with my first Love Hate It Here. And my hate it here, I'm going first, is going to be haunted houses. Um, so as a residential scared person all the time of all things that are spooky, jump scary, paranormal, I just don't have a sweet desire to go see haunted houses. Like in high school, I know that was the thing to go was haunted houses. You know, what are you doing this weekend? You want to go to this haunted house? And I'm like, mm, no, because I just don't want to pay money to be on edge all the time. That doesn't excite me if i wanted to be on edge all the time i would just do like cocaine or something to <laughs> i would just yep they're basically the same thing <laughs> if i want to get an adrenaline rush i just wouldn't do haunted house so like i can understand the desire and interest behind them but i it was just never about i wasn't about that life so have you never done a haunted house uh my sister used to dance for a local dance club theater type thing and they would have like a haunted house in their thing so i went there a few times and one time they scared me and i started crying and i left so uh no i don't have you i was also 20 years old when that happened so <laughs> i'm just okay. kidding <laughs> so you've never you've never even been interested in in a haunted house like what about at like sometimes fairs or festivals will have like semi-scary rides where it's like a fun house are you into those no 
I've, I guess I've never been presented with the opportunity to, to do that. But even if I was, I feel like I would not do it because I just don't, you know, I love suspenseful like thriller movies, but not things that have like the people jumping out and scaring you and trying to get you that way is not something that I enjoy the most of. Cause then I'm going to have a freaking heart attack or something, dude. How about like scary? So you like thrillers, like thriller movies. Like, do you not like scary movies, like horror movies? I like gruesome, like, gory like chop them up kill them that kind of stuff because that stuff is just fine but paranormal stuff i can't watch it freaks me out too much interesting but but and it's funny because the paranormal stuff is like less likely to be real real whereas like texas chainsaw massacre somebody really could cut me up with the texas chainsaw i mean i don't know why the chainsaw is branded <laughs> texas but somebody could cut me up with a chainsaw and i'm like oh no that's totally fine <laughs> but if it's like oh no this woman's head keeps twisting around in the corner of my dark room that would freak me out so i don't know i'd rather take the texas chainsaw Gotcha. So my love it here is going to be something that I read on the internet today. Today is December 6th, and it's about an embryo. Have you heard anything about an embryo? Uh, embryos are like egg things, right? Yes. Okay. This girl was born a few weeks ago in Tennessee from an embryo that has been frozen for 27 years. How does that even work? So the birth of her name is Molly Gibson using an embryo from 1992 the embryos were donated when the girl's mother was a toddler herself. So it sounds like, and this is kind of a little weird, that the girl's mother was a toddler when her embryos were donated, which hmm. is kind of off-putting. Yeah. So it sounds like Tina Gibson was nearly two years old when a couple donated embryos that were frozen. So this baby, this Molly, is born a few weeks ago, but the egg, the embryo was from 27 years ago. I'm turning 26 December 9th, so... This embryo is older than I am. So is the baby that was born a few weeks ago actually, in theory, older than I am? No. Yes, I think that's true. No, I, I think because they're <laughs> not, not going to like celebrate. Like when the baby comes out, they're not going to be like, oh, happy 28th <laughs> birthday, even though you can't wipe yourself. That's what's going to happen. She's, is she the baby legally, is she the legally allowed to drink and smoke as, as, a, as an infant? Is that what you're saying? Yes, the baby was born 27 years old. <laughs> but no in, in all seriousness like science is crazy this embryo was just frozen chilling in like a wendy's freezer somewhere <laughs> and then the embryo got the seed and then a baby was born from it like that is wild to comprehend and just imagine awkward. like just imagine 200 years ago you're like hey alexander graham bell you know what we're gonna do we're gonna freeze embryos and then people are gonna be born two decades after how does that sound and he's like i just invented the telephone <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, it's just crazy that science is like this insane and powerful in some, and cool. in some ways we're doing incredible things but in other ways we're, we're massively slacking like if you watch back to the future 2 right that came out in like 1986 87 and they're right. like yeah by the year 2015 or 2016 the cubs the, the chicago cubs are going to win the world series and there's going to be hover bikes and hover uh boards and nowadays man when somebody's like oh, a couple years ago those stupid little wheel things came out and people were like dude i got a hoverboard for christmas i was so pumped and then immediately left let down by how underwhelming these right. things were it's not a hoverboard stop calling them hoverboards people <laughs> <sighs> all right what's your first hate gonna be i think even more terrifying for this haunted house where people are jumping out and attacking you is the fact that people will willingly choose to go to Barbies, I think it's disgusting that their meats are beyond questionable. And I, I just can't, I can't fathom looking at the, the, the menu of options and being like, yes, I want to eat here. You're just coming here questioning the integrity of Arby's. I'm questioning its integrity. It has no integrity to question is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Arby's gosh. are terrible. I feel like if we continue going down this discussion, then this is the last episode of the podcast. Are you, are you a ride or die for Arby's? Don't even say you're ride or die. Yeah, just like I'm ride or die for the red-headed Wendy, I'm ride or die for they got the meats. Oh my gosh. Well, M Wendy's is actually good. Would you, okay, you, end of the world, you're going to have one last meal and it has to be between Arby's and Wendy's. Which are you going with? Wendy's. Okay, then. Arby's wouldn't even like be in my top five for like it end of the world meal. Top five. It doesn't, it shouldn't exist. I don't get why people go there. It's so bad. The meats are so bad. It's, it comes out like when you get a, when you get a sandwich from there, uh, 
it's just soggy. Like the meat is like wet. It's like they sprayed it with water and then like a little bit of mustard. And the sandwich is just, it's like a sopping mess. It's disgusting. I hear nothing that is wrong about <sighs> that. It's gross. Anyways, Arby's, Arby's is trash. And if you eat it, you're a questionable human being. Moving on, my love it is something far more savory. And that is good music. Uh, and that's from an artist called The Midnight. Steven, I know you're you're somewhat familiar with The Midnight. It's a it's a duo. They do kind of synthwave 80s retro sounds uh, that um, I, f- I found them in 2018, uh, shortly after I moved, moved away from home. And uh, I think they just make great music. Like, it's very well produced. The lyrics are, are excellent. Um, and I can't get enough of them. I love The Midnight. I totally agree. Uh, Lost Boy, America 2, Gloria, all of Synthetic, these songs are just Jason. so great. And if you've not listened to them, you really have to because you're not doing yourself a good service by not knowing who the Midnight are because they are, without a doubt, one of the best things to ever listen to. They are. And it's it's so weird that, you know, I said they're like an 80s synth type deal. They Their music makes me nostalgic for something I never experienced. Like, I never experienced the 80s or the early 90s, really. And their music just brings me back to what I imagined that time was like. And so it makes me nostalgic for something I never experienced myself. Yeah, just like uh, Molly being an embryo in 1992, she's probably nostalgic for things that happened in 1992 because she's 27 years old. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Steve, what's your second love it and hate it? So my second love it, hate it is actually going to be I'm going to go with the hate it here first and then the love it here. So my hate it is going to be Spotify wrapped. And I know it's also going to be in my love it. If we were having a third love it, I would say I hate Spotify wrapped, but I also love it. I love it because it allows you to see the music you've listened to like over time of the year. So Mm -hmm. for those that don't know, Spotify wrapped is basically gift wrapping all the music you listen to in that calendar year, sending you a playlist and sending you statistics on what you listen to. And yeah, I love it so much and it's so fantastic and it's great. The reason I hate it is because it just <laughs> says, you listen to the same music each and every year. You have no <laughs> taste in music. It is so general and so basic and you have no growth of a, as a music listener. And also, I don't know quite how they get the the statistics for it because I feel like the Midnight should have been in my top five because I only listen to them like all the time, but they weren't even in my top five. Who was in your top five? You're saying, you know, it's basic. Like who, who are we talking here? Drake. Okay. Yep. Yep. Kanye West. I forget who else, but it it doesn't line up because my number one song was "What's Poppin" by Jack Harlow. But I've only listened to that like twenty times total. It told me it's a twenty-four times you listen to this, and I listened to it once ten times in one day, apparently in June. And so I don't understand because I listened to Lost Boy probably a hundred times this calendar year. So I don't understand how. Like, is it listening all the way through on that song, like from start to finish? Maybe that's what it is, and not like actual plays. So maybe that could make sense of it. I don't know. I love it, but I also don't know if I fully buy into the facts of the data. Yeah, like having 455 genres I've listened to this year. Yeah, it said I listened to like 130 new genres, and I was like, okay. And then it also said that I listened to like 160 new artists, and I'm like, are these just featured on songs, or do I actually listen to like 160 new people? And it's like, if I'm listening to 160 new people, why is Drake still number one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my uh, hate it here. Spotify wrapped. I also love it. That's not a true hate it here because I do love Spotify wrapped. I just hate my taste in music. <laughs> and then my love it here is actually going to be rom-coms. I know this time of year, Christmas season, holidays, everyone's feeling all joyous and familial and all that stuff and lovey-dovey and ooh, I love it, blah, blah, blah. It's also my time to remind myself of rom-coms. And I have plowed through many rom-coms in like the last two weeks. And they're just so great. They are so unrealistic at times. And they are so like picture perfect love affair. And so many of these issues that the couples have, and it could be resolved by a text message saying, oh, this was just like a misunderstanding. <laughs> but no, they don't because they forget that phones exist. So let me just break it down. I watched Sleepless in Seattle once again. One of my favorite rom-coms. It's fantastic. I watched 10 Things I Hate About You, which is probably top three favorite movie ever. Because Heath Ledger, man, oh. I would drink his bathwater. And then you get Julia Stiles, who is just great in it. Uh, Joves Gordon-Levitt, a young little whippersnapper. And it's just brilliant. And it's Taming of the Shrew based off of with William Shakespeare, which is a very good play of his. And it's just a very good movie. 
I watched what else? I watched Notting Hill for the first time with Hugh Grant, who is just a top tier rom-com actor. And that was fantastic. I watched the new Hulu movie, Happiest Season, which deals upon uh, two lesbians with Kristen, Kristen Stewart and a gal who I don't remember her acting name. But one of them is still in the closet with her family and she's afraid of what's going to happen when she comes out of the closet because her family's conservative. And it was actually like a unique spin on things. And so, yeah, I've just been powering through rom-coms. They are easily my favorite genre of movie because they just wrap you in. And so basically like Spotify wrapped gives you a playlist and wraps it up and like puts a bow on it. Rom-coms like wrap up my feelings in a box and put a bow on it. And like here, open this to just feel everything. <laughs> it's just, it's also good feelings too. Yeah, because you always know that it's going to have a happy ending for the most part. Yeah. Unless they all die at the end, like in Forrest Gump. (laughs) I was going to say one of my favorite. So Sleepless in Seattle is one of my favorite rom-coms. Another one that I love is Hitch, who I know. I know you're a Will Smith fan. Yes. Hitch is great. Great. Excellent song. Shouts out to Will Smith for that song. And then I forgot one. I watched uh, for the first time, definitely maybe with Ryan Reynolds and a young, young Abigail Breslin. And it was great. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds had that phase of like just friends, which is also good. And then he had definitely maybe and all these other things. And he's like, okay, he's kind of being um, casted as like a rom-com guy. But then he just does Deadpool and does all these other things. And he's just great in them all. Remember 20, 2011 when the same movie was made twice and it was called No Strings Attached and then Friends with Benefits? Yes. He's basically the same exact movie. I'm firmly on the Friends with Benefits side. I've never seen it, so by default, I'm on no strings attached side. I, I mean, honestly, the four leads across those two movies, I love them all. You know, JT, Ashton Kutcher, you know, love them both. And then Mila Kunis and Natalie Portman. Come on. Come on. It's funny because Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are married in real life, but they're in the opposite movies for those. <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, it's good. That's I love rom-coms. That's my answer. Uh, what is your final love it here, hate it here? My final love it here, hate it here. I'm going to start with a love. You know, I just want to set the set the mood right. Yeah, it's you know, it's December 6th when we're recording this. Uh, my family's already done the decorating and, and I've been driving around at night sometimes. And I just love Christmas slash holiday lights. Uh, the, you know, if if it wasn't for Christmas, I think winter would be uh, e- even more depressing than it already is. Um, so being able to drive around and see like how people decorate and seeing those those lights that somehow, even though it's freezing cold out it just kind of makes you feel warm inside uh i just you know i can't get enough of the lights yeah i love them too some people just go big or go home literally like at their home they will have <laughs> light shows everywhere with giant santa sculptures and lights that are tuned to music right. and it's just wild i like, i would put like one string of lights up and then be like hey wow <laughs> christmas cheer you're not doing like a griswold house no, nope, 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 nope. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I specifically love this certain color of blue light. Um, it's like a deep blue color and it's just, I don't know, man. It just, it just makes you feel, makes you feel good. Makes you feel warm. Makes you feel at home. So yeah, I just really like Christmas slash holiday lights. Okay. I respect it. On the opposite end though, we have just the worst app imaginable. You know, <laughs> Snapchat came out when we were, were we seniors in high school when it came out or juniors? Probably around there. Um, so I, I hear the uh, premise of this app, right? It's this app where you can send and receive messages, but they're only temporary, like three seconds long. I was like, oh, all right, this is for nudes then, right? It's got it. Like, why else would you do that? It's for nudes. Um, and then I think it was like the Christmas after that app came out, I was uh, at a family holiday party and. My little cousin, who was in middle school at the time, she's like, oh, I'm just Snapchatting some friends. I'm like, what? Why do you, why do you have a Snapchat? Right. And then I, I didn't ask her this, but it turns out that she was just using it because she was like taking like a selfie and sending like putting a caption and sending it out to people. And I never I never got a Snapchat. Right. Because I was like, all right, this app is made for nudes. People are just they're ruining it by using it for non nude purposes. So uh <laughs> I'm firmly against Snapchat. I think everything it could have done has been subsumed by Instagram, which is just a, I mean, it's Facebook related, but it's still better than Snapchat in every way possible. So my hated is Snapchat. To answer people's questions, no, I don't use Snapchat. I never have and I never will. If you use Snapchat, f*** you. <laughs> Mic drop. And that is our love it here, hate it here. Thank you for listening to this segment. I know I didn't bring it down with a super depressing uh 
reality story about either cash bail or anything like that. But next week, I'll be sure to double up. You know, all three of mine are just going to be heart wrenching, oh painful, issues. So just prepare yourself. Time for here's the mail that never fails. Will I ever stop doing that? I probably should, but I won't because I am my own man. Mailbag for this week. We have quite a few questions from quite a few different people. Uh, coming in hot with four questions is dear friend of the pod, Kevin. For his first question, Kevin is getting very controversial. He is going to say, if you had to choose between only a spoon or a fork for the rest of your life, which would you choose? You can't pick a spork. I am 1000% going with fork. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to expect a, a rebuttal to this, but I'm saying spoon you because, can't. okay, so what, what are you going to say? What's fork? So what's so great about a fork? What's so fork and great? <laughs> what's so fork and great is that you can't do as much with a spoon that you can with a fork. Fork, you can pick things up and eat it like that. If you wanted to eat ice cream, you don't need a spoon. You could honestly use a fork. How are you going to do soups? Okay, check me. You've, check me. You've poked a hole. How are you going to eat steak with a spoon? You can't. What do you mean? If you can cut it up into pieces, right? With a, how, they, are you gonna, they, how are you going to cut up into pieces with a spoon, dude? Well, it, it says between spoon and a fork. He doesn't say that you can't use a knife. Well, yeah, but how are you going to hold it and cut it into pieces with a spoon? You can like, stab. Don't you, you can don't stab you put, with a spoon. Don't you, put the, don't you put the knife between the prongs on the fork and cut it into smaller pieces that way? You don't have to. You can use it like... This is you absurd. Can, you can use a spoon to do that. I guarantee you I could, I could do with a spoon what you can do with a fork. You're being ridiculous. All right. I didn't I thought you were going to be on my side, but apparently you want to be on the wrong side of history. How are you again? How are you going to have soups, tomato soup, chicken noodle soup, lobster bisque? You're not going to be able to have any of that with a fork. Soup's overrated anyway. Oh, my God. All right. You've <laughs> you're, you're crossing so many lines right now. Second question from Kevin, since we're obviously not going to agree on that. What is the most painful injury you've ever had? Uh, we kind of touched on this in our intro episode, I think, where I said cracking my head open on the side of the fireplace, dancing to the Backstreet slash NSYNC boys. I don't remember which one it was, and people might be mad at me for that, but I don't remember which one. It was a boy band. And mine was the hernia. Kevin said that his most painful injury was getting an ulcer on his eye, which just sounds disgusting. His third question, however, is what is an app you hesitated to download that was very popular that you thought was dumb before you gave it a shot? His answer is Snapchat. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Snapchat's trash. Anybody who uses it is just wasting their time. Uh, that's a dead app. I'm glad I never downloaded it. So I don't really I, I think Instagram was one of those apps where I downloaded it and I was like, pictures you can just post pictures on facebook or whatever um but it's since grown to be um i i definitely prefer using that over facebook yeah it, it's definitely my favorite uh social media site to go on so yeah instagram was one of those that i thought when it came out i was like i don't need this but i'm i'm glad it's around i'm taking like the word app as like just an app you use and mine would probably be reddit when i made a reddit account i didn't think i would use it very frequently but now it's what i use a lot of the time all the time uh, reddit is a very great website depending on what areas of it you visit like there's a lot of good movie subreddits for that stuff uh, music subreddits football sports is all good but then you get to like the other side of reddit and it's really not good <laughs> if you're looking for even more of the other side of reddit uh there's also 4chan so check it out oh don't check out <laughs> do not do that it's <laughs> fourth and final question is what is something from your middle school or elementary school days that you believed was real that you feel silly about looking back on now or when you were a young kid what is something that you thought was more prevalent in your adulthood kevin's answer is quicksand he thought he was going to run into that everywhere he turned yes yes quicksand's a great answer i remember seen like an indiana jones and in movies and video games you know the protagonist falls in quicksand and then they have to quickly figure out a way to get out um and so i think for my eighth or ninth birthday i asked for uh, a thing of rope just just because i thought like oh this might come in handy i might need to save myself <laughs> so uh i i fat like you know I, I guess i like must have thought i'd fashion a lasso and probably tie it to the loop of my pants and that's that's how i'd get out of things so I was prepared. I'm imagining like adolescent Connor carrying around a rope in his backpack at all times. But to be to be fair to reality, I'm going to have to say eight year old Connor would probably die if he came across quicksand because what oh. are you lassoing it to? 
I'm okay. Now that you're saying it, let's say it happened on the playground at Bangor West. I'm throwing that lasso around your chubby little white ankles, and uh, <laughs> I'm making going you. down. <laughs> I'm not going to anchor us. I'm not going down myself. No. <laughs> so there's a headline for you: Two kids die because quicksand because the one is an idiot and roped around <laughs> the other one's ankles. <laughs> or the other one was too much of a coward to save his fellow eight-year-old. <laughs> My answer is, Connor, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but growing up, I heard that we only have seven layers of skin. So after the seventh layer of the skin is peeled off, then your bone would just be exposed and your muscle would be exposed. I no, Nope. Never heard of that. And I thought that was real for the longest time. And then I became smart. (laughs) I just thought that like, like if I cut the same spot on my like forearm in the same Mm -hmm. spot seven times. After the seventh time, nothing would grow there. So it'd only be like bare muscle and vein and bone. So I thought that once I did that, then I would just have to like wear a bandaid over it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Have a permanent bandaid. And as someone who has eczema on his hands, I go through seven layers of skin like once every month during the winter. So it's like I would have thought that I would have had bone sticking through my hand by now. But no, that is not the case. I was just a an idiot as a kid, apparently, that believed this. So that's my answer. What is yours? Yeah, dude, so I always thought that I'd have, like, a bone sticking out through my hand if I had too many cuts on the same part of my body. So, that's mine. Uh, what is your answer? Mine is gum. More specifically, it's about this idea that if you swallow gum, it's going to be in your body for, like, seven years. Five or seven years, it's, like, it's going to be in there for a long time. Turns out that's not true. I guess your body just kind of digests it like normal. Uh, so... Yeah, that's what. Uh, did you ever hear about that? Did you ever hear like, oh, if you swallow gum, you know, it's gonna be in your system forever. Yeah, I always thought that it took like seven years to grow in your body if you swallowed gum. <laughs> to grow in your body, like the yeah. gum's gonna grow. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the gum would just take seven years to digest in your body. So uh, if you swallowed like, say you like habitually swallowed gum. So say you're chewing gum and then you just like swallowed it to dispose of it. You didn't spit it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just all packing in your stomach until you yeah. die because you can't eat any food because your stomach's full of gum. Yeah, no, that's a real fear. That's a real fear when you're younger is like, oh my, like, if I swallow watermelon seed, right, a watermelon's yeah. gonna go in my stomach. Or in this case, I swallow gum, it's not gonna go through. It's just yeah. gonna, it's gonna black me up. I'm, a, I'm about to reveal something about myself. Um, I used to eat, I, I used to eat napkins as a kid. I, I uh, okay. And my All mom right. would say, you're going to grow a paper tree in your stomach. <laughs> she never said that. Don't even she, I, One million percent. My mom said, if you eat more napkins, you're going to get a paper tree. <laughs> why, why did you eat napkins? I a don't know, man. A paper tree. It's just a tree. Yeah. But she said she's going to, I was going to grow a paper tree in my stomach if I kept eating napkins. And I swear to God, that's one million percent true. <laughs> did you have a favorite napkin to eat? I could see you. Taking like subway napkins, like those brown ones, and just like no, I did not like the brown ones. I like the white ones that you bought from like the supermarket. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> I kind of want to cut it out, but I'm gonna leave it in there just to like be my true self on the podcast. Oh god, we love to see it. I hate it here. <laughs> now we are going to be joined by a dear friend of the pod, a military service member, National Guardsman, our friend Tyler, who had a shout out in the last episode, and he's going to join us for this segment. So this is our first guest. Tyler is joining us. He is, let's go through his history, a former high school football athlete. Not very good. A former military service member. This is Tyler. He is joining us for this mailbag question because we are doing something about TV characters. My buddy Wes says, hey guys, name your top five TV characters of all time. And I figured who knows TV more than myself, obviously, Connor, obviously, and our friend Tyler. So we don't have a lot of time, but we're going to break down our top five TV characters of all time. I think that I think that our guest of honor should go first. So, so Tyler, can you run us through your top five TV characters of all time? Of course. When I wasn't sweeping the motor pool in the army, <laughs> I was uh, I was watching The Office on Netflix. My number one is uh, good old Michael Scott, Steve Carell. Very classic, strong pick classic, out of the classic. gate. Very strong pick. Uh, so, do you? What's your favorite Michael Scott? You have Michael Scarn. You've got Michael Klump. Prison uh, Mike. Prison Mike, you got Prison date Mike. Mike. Like, how do you like your eggs, right? Like, what's your favorite Mike? Is it just OG Mike? It's it's Prison Mike for me because okay. uh, that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. The Dementors, gruel omelets, gruel everything, <laughs> and it hoi. <laughs> so my number one TV character of all time is Omar Little from The Wire, 
who is just simply a fantastic television character. He's neither on the bad side or the good side. He just exists to ruin everything. And that's why I like him so much. I've seen the first two seasons of that show. Steve, what is The Wire? The Wire is takes place in Baltimore. It's about five different seasons. So it covers gang life, police life, politics. Baltimore has like a strong coast with like shipping and stuff like that. So it follows that industry and also the education system. So it like has intertwining narratives of all that stuff. Ooh, but if I was like, really, a, that sounds really interesting. It's really good. It's on HBO. If What's you want to watch it. H- okay. Yes, sir. Because I do have an HBO subscription. Yes, sir. Uh, my my number one character of all time is from one of my favorite shows of all time. Tyler, I know you're a, you're a fan of Seinfeld as well, but my character is going to be George Costanza, <laughs> uh, one of the most diabolical minds in in humanity. Um, in, in a in a five foot four <laughs> stocky bald man frame. Uh, just just you know he swings for the fence with every episode. And by swing for the fence, I mean he just he's su- simultaneously like one of the most likable and unlikable people you'll ever <laughs> see in a show. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite moments with him is uh, it there's this there's this episode where he where he's he wants to break up with this woman, but she breaks up with him first, and she's trying to give him like this whole thing that he tells women where it's like it's not you, it's me. And he's pretty much just trying to tell her, like, no, 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 no. This is my routine. Nobody does it better than me. And she's like, well, I'm sure you're very good at it. And he's like, well, you'll never get the chance to find out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this also serves as a great intro to a, a song by Wale called The Breakup Song. So check it out. All righty, my mans. So number two for me is Billy Butcher, Carl Urban from Amazon Prime's show The Boys. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> he is kind of uh, your typical anti-hero. He kills people. He swears a lot. But in the end, he's just trying to get his wife back. Exactly. That's all that matters. Number three. Well, it's going to be a little bit of overlap because number three for me is Cosmo Kramer. To me, okay. he embodies the American spirit. Oh, shit. That was my radio. <laughs> Cosmo Kramer, number three. He embodies the American spirit. He tries to do the most with absolutely no effort. And America uh, Industries. Exactly. Creating a false <laughs> business, returning cans to Michigan to get 10 cents. <laughs> just just the, the absolute least to try and get the most. Number four is Dr. Ford, Anthony Hopkins from HBO's Westworld. Great um, choice. I think he is an amazing character. He's com- he just thinks ahead. He, he, I think he redeems himself. At first, he was very self-serving, trying to make as much money with the business with but at the end of season one spoiler alert you know i think he he goes full circle and he he tries to help the robots free themselves number five for me also another hbo original show uh would be rustin cole matthew mcconaughey from true detective season one i love beautiful choice season one is so good it's the only good season there is i think I haven't given season three a shot, but I gave up on it after season two. Not that I don't like Vince Vaughn, but God. Wait, is, not... which season has uh, the, the guy from Moonlight, Steven? You know who I'm talking about? That's season three. Season three. Season okay. Three. I haven't seen it yet. I, I hope he's, a, he's an Emmy. Mahershala yeah, Ali. He's an Emmy winning actor, so I'm sure it's good. I'm sure he redeems it. It's have solid. you seen it? Yes. Anyway. It. Not as good as season one. Season one is a tough act Russell to follow. Cole, number five. He, uh, I'm personally not very religious, and himself he does not believe in any of that so i really like relate to him in that way and just his his very oh what's the word for it he's not he's pessimistic but he's also optimistic i love that and he's just he's just trying to do the best for humanity so my number two is going to be a combination between brothers uh jamie and Tyrion lannister from game of thrones they're my number two favorite group. I couldn't decide which one I wanted because they both are just super fantastic and both go through a lot of character changes throughout the eight seasons of the show. How many of them engage in incest? Or is that a spoiler? <laughs> just, just one. Just one. <laughs> just one but, brother. I mean, there's incest um, on the show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Another HBO specialty. And then my number three is going to be Selena Meyer, also from HBO. She plays... Uh, she's played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is just fantastic in everything that she does. And Veep is just so good. She plays such a 
terrible, terrible human being, but it's so perfectly done and it's so funny and she deserves all the praise for the role. My number four is Will Smith playing the title character Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is just my all-time favorite sitcom. There's not a day where I can't put that show on and it makes me laugh all the time. Fresh Prince is just so good. Fresh Prince is just so fresh. <laughs> it's so fresh. And then number five favorite TV character of all time is Schmidt from New Girl. Schmidt happens. He needs no introduction. <laughs> he needs no other description. The way that he says the word youth, youth. where he just goes, street youths. How about the just... towel scene? The towel <laughs> argument is top. Yes, the towel scene. And I just love his character so much. So that's my top five. Great top five, guys. Uh, I'm going to. So my number two is a character. Um, Jean-Ralphio Saperstein from Parks and Rec. Very, very minor character, but in a way, he he kind of made it for me. Introduced me to an actor called Ben Schwartz, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Um, just not a great person, but um, very funny, very memorable. The name my of number, your fantasy team. Name of my, final, my football yes. fantasy team, yep. Uh, Which goes about as good as his character on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm depending on how the game goes tomorrow. I might make playoffs. So let's let's hold off on the the fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Uh, Number three is C.J. Craig. Uh, She is played by Allison Janney in the NBC drama The West Wing. You know, there's been a lot of West Wing talk on this podcast lately. It's one of the best shows of all time. Certainly one of my favorites. And she's she she's a very strong character. She takes a she takes charge when she needs to, um, but she always tries to be like honest and forthright, and uh, she's she's great. Number four for me is Darius from Atlanta. Atlanta is a great show uh, by one of my favorite artists, Donald Glover slash Childish Gambino, and Darius is so strange. Like I think one of the first episodes, he just like goes into some like pulls up into somebody's driveway and like asks them if he can measure their tree for no apparent reason. And he also has the legendary Florida Man monologue, um, where he describes Dude, the Florida Man is where brilliant. she goes into this whole description <laughs> about how all those articles are just say like Florida Man, you know, fights a, a a flamingo and ends up you know burning down a KFC <laughs> or something like that. And he right. describes him as like a right wing Johnny Appleseed, which literally killed me. As I heard <laughs> it's not wrong. Um, oh, it's and so my brilliant. fifth and final character is is from a Netflix original series, Stranger Things. Steve Harrington. Uh, straight killing the game as a babysitter, as a hair icon. Uh, he went from being a bad guy who everybody hated in the first season to being kind of a hero. So shout out to Steve. He's had quite the redemption arc. Absolutely. Steve the hair Harrington. Exactly. He's a bit of a role model. He morphs into a bit of a role model for the for the boys, I think. I love Steve Harrington. So that is our top five character again. Wes, thank you for the fun question. This was probably my favorite one so far. I don't want to pick favorites, but I am. And I want to thank Tyler for taking time out of his day. He is about to go save some burning children from a fire. Oh, thank you. When in reality, he's actually just trained to become a firefighter. So Tyler, you know, served in the military, and now he's going to become a firefighter. I can't escape escape public service. (laughs) He loves it so much. Well, thank you, Tyler, for joining us. And we are going to take an ad break. Thank you. Yeah, this is post-edit Steven. I don't know why I said here's an ad break because there is no ad break. It's just going to be the last question of the mailbag, so I don't know what I was talking about. So our final question of the mailbag is from dear friend of the pod, Molly, who wrote in a few questions yesterday, and she's coming at us right now saying, what is your dream job? I know my answer, Connor. Do you know your answer? I don't have like a dream job currently, but I know that when I was younger, I really, for whatever reason, wanted to be an architect. And I don't know where that came from, honestly. Like, I I do like buildings, and I like the idea of designing a building. And actually, you know where I think it came from? Was, like, those drawing classes we did in elementary school. Where, like, you, it's like some guy who's, like, kind of wacky. He's got a mustache. Hold on. Draw. Mark. Mark Kessel. Mark Kessel. That's him. All right. All right. <laughs> it's so, so weird. His name after C. I remember, like... You'd get like this big piece of paper and then the teacher would be like, draw a dot in the middle. And then you just like draw lines from there. So I'm used to like the perspective drawing. And that's going with this stuff, dude. I used to think I was such a good drawer because I had a <laughs> I'm very bad, dude. I can only barely draw stick figures. Uh, what is your dream job if you have a current one? I think that my dream job, it's kind of twofold. I would either want to be a presidential biographer, which means that I would just write biographies about presidents, kind of like what Ron Chernow does with, he did Alexander Hamilton. He did. 
Ulysses S. Grant, things like that. And those are fascinating reads because you get to see the insight into these presidents during their terms. But I think that my most realistic one is probably being like a political speech writer. I think that words, and I'll always believe that words have the most power of anything. Uh, words can create policy, words can be destructive, words can impact things in various different ways. And I think that portraying those words accurately is very important as a politician because as you can tell with the current climate, words matter because if you have somebody who is consistently demeaning other groups of people, then that's bad. If you want to start policy, you have to like really think about how you're going to phrase things. And that's where like the real change is because phrasing matters and you have to be able to phrase things the way that you want. And so that you're also showing compassion and empathy as well. So I want to be able to show that like words have meaning and like with President Obama, who had John Favreau as one of his speechwriters, President Obama is one of the best yeah, orators in modern presidential history. And that a lot of that comes from writing that speech. And I know Obama wrote a lot of his speeches, but he had help from other people around him, like Favs, who could do all of these things as well, like uh, cut out lines, mm -hmm. make lines better. And just like the craft of writing sentences and stuff is something that I yeah, really that's a, love. That, so I would like to be able to do that on like a That's a great level. point that you made there. Um, about how people will propose policies, but those policies can't really do anything if they don't get enacted. And it's certainly like one of the, the ways you get people to believe what you're saying is by, you know, clearly communicating it. Um, you know, you mentioned Obama, who, of course, was a, a skilled orator. But if like thinking back, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Like, I think after JFK said that, you know, he really inspired a lot of people to right. get behind what he was saying because they're like, yes, this guy, um, you know, he's saying the right things at the right time. And from there, you know, uh, tons of, you know, I'm not going to go through all the legislation and policies, but I, you, you, you got to kind of wonder, you know, if he wasn't, if he didn't have that speech and those sayings, um, how successful and how uh, effective of a politician would he have been? And you have like FDR saying, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And that's like kind of the tagline for like when, when you're watching like a promo or if like you think of politics, like you close your eyes and you think of things that politicians have said four score and seven years ago, mm -hmm. we have nothing to fear but fear itself. That's not what you can do for you. Ask that's <laughs> not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Those are like the three memorable things that are like in people's minds when it comes to presidents. And there's a reason because of that, because words matter. <laughs> That's yeah, what I want to do. So that concludes our mailbag. Uh, we thank Tyler for joining us for the top five TV character segment. Shark, shark, to that park, park. <laughs> and before we get into the outro, Connor, do you want to hit the people with the song lyric of the week? Yep. This is a song by The Midnight. It's called Lost Boy. It was hold me till I'm not lonely anymore. It's only the crashing of the ocean to the shore. Because in the dark, there are no strangers. There are no strangers at all. Dude, I love The Midnight so much. If you haven't heard the song, please just listen to it. It's called Lost Boy by The Midnight, and it is a beautiful piece of music, music, musicry. It just, I made up a word. Just, it's just tons of good vibes. Like A ton of their music is just good vibes. Yeah, so anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I love it here, I hate it here on Instagram and Facebook. Twitter account is love, hate it here because Twitter only allows you to have so many characters, so I had to break it down a little bit. If you want to send us emails on what we can change, suggestions you have, topics you want us to talk about, or if you have uh, questions for our mailbag, or if you just want to send us a general email, um, I love it here, I hate it here at gmail.com is where you can find us. And again, thank you for listening. This was episode five. We have a lot of fun doing this. You all rock and peace and love. Mm -hmm.